Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Monster Baby Podcast. It's a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. It's super curious. I'm so curious that both of us had to say it at the same time. That's right. I'm Lisa Rowland. I'm Ted DeMaison. We are your hosts. And today we are talking, we, today was, was an unexpected episode. We were, we, we, uh, yeah, we had time that we didn't expect to have. Right. We had so plans, we kind of, plans to do a podcast with somebody else. And we had some technical difficulties about that. Yeah, with the guests from our next episode, so check it out. And uh, we had some time, we were killing some time waiting for him to join the call. And uh, so we did an episode in the meantime, and it was... Consent! That's how we roll, you know, like, hey, we're just sitting here hanging out. Hmm, why don't we just bang out an episode of this bad Let's, let's talk about something. And so we didn't know what it was going to be, but this is all about the idea of accountability and also the power of the attention of other human beings on our goals. Yeah, kind of get into community a bit and um, mutual responsibility and support, challenge, all that sort of thing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but hey, before we jump in, I want to give a quick little uh, mention. Teaser. In case folks don't, don't listen to the end, uh, that I've got a workshop that's happening on Tuesday, September 10th. It's called Mindful Parent Rockin' Family. And that's going to be in Woodside, just a short little two-hour intro to playful mindfulness stuff that will lead... The lens of parenting, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. For people who, who are trying to be great parents and trying to deal with their kids and their spouses in playful, mindful fashion. Yeah. And, well, uh, and then that's going to lead into an intro to playful mindfulness class that will start on September 17th in Woodside, California. So if you're interested, check out playfulmindfulness.info and got all the classes listed there. Awesome. Off, off they go. We'd love to have you. Enjoy the episode. We love you. Woo. Talk about not having a topic. I know. This is like, this is like, what, what's going on? We, we, so well, we have, we, have, we have found ourselves in the same place and we've decided to seize on the opportunity to do a podcast, but we had not actually planned to do a podcast. And so we are... Uh, in we're off the map we're off the map we're off the grid but i think this is like a fantasy of yours because there's nothing to do but to improvise i'm gonna say it's just a comfort zone of mine oh no fantasy involved no i mean i get i you don't dream of having a podcast <laughs> where we have no topic chosen weirdly <laughs> it doesn't make my dreams but but i'm but but this is exciting Okay. All right. Yeah. It's, it's a territory. For example, you are in a room where there seems to be poetry behind you. You could choose one of those books, open a page and point to it and find a poem. That would be interesting. Yeah, that is something that could happen. That just comes to mind. Uh, could we just chat for a second? See what comes <laughs> up? Maybe. Yeah, we could do that too. <laughs> You don't want to do exercise with the exercise machine behind you either? I don't know. No. When I say behind, so we're not in the same room right now. We're seeing each other through Zoom. That's why I'm... This is all very, this is going to lead to a lot of questions about like what's going on. Like we find ourselves in the same place. We weren't, we're in different rooms. We're set up on a tech, on tech. Like it, none of it is going to yeah. lead to... This is going to be a mystery for the listeners. Anybody who can figure this out gets... A free shout out on the Monster Baby podcast. I thought you said a free shot, and I was like, Ted. <laughs> free shot. You, get, you get a shot on Ted. Free sh <laughs> what do they call those jello shots? They, well, a, when they're in jello, they call them jello shots. What's, yes. what's a jello shot? 
Is it just a cube it's of jello, jello with booze? It's jello. It's like jello made with vodka instead of. What's the kind of shot where you put something on somebody's belly? A body shot. Body shot. That's what. Ted. Ted. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ted, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> No. Okay. I'm, I'm no body shots courtesy of Monster Baby. Oh, no, no. I don't want to do that. I just no. wanted to make sure I was making a proper referral. Okay. In any case. Oh, boy. I know. They're pretty cryptic names. Shots that come in jello are called jello shots. And shots that come on bodies are called body shots. It's tough to, re tough to remember. It's almost like the CIA put in an encryption technology there. It's Ted. Lisa Rowland. I know that you are, you have recently endeavored, you have recently uh, embarked on an accountability buddy. Oh, yeah. This was an interesting progress. program, which <laughs> <A> program. <laughs> some friends of mine call accountability buddies, which I think is great. Accountability buddies. Yeah. Accountability buddy. Um, right. No. So I went to the Applied Improvisation Network conference. We haven't talked about that yet. No, we haven't. Oh my God. Certainly talk about at that meeting. I was reconnected with my buddy, Court Worthington, who teaches at UC Berkeley Business School. Court was the first person that I led an improv and spirituality workshop with at the AIN conference back in 2011. And then you did a retreat that and I took. I did a retreat that you attended, that, and then you and I did a retreat, and that's what this whole thing came out of that meeting with Court, it's kind of indirectly. He's like the godfather of Monster Baby. He is. He's definitely uh, a spiritual progenitor of some sort. And he's a lovely guy. And he and I have this very nice intuitive connection. And we got together and he told me about this project he had done with his friend, uh, an accountability thing that had sort of petered out with his friend. He wanted to re-up with somebody. So he asked me if I'd do it. And so the basics are that we have each committed to doing a formal mindfulness practice for a certain amount of time per day. For me, it's at least 15 minutes. And to do some sort of movement exercise embodiment practice for at least 15 minutes a day. And if we don't do it, then we owe the other person $20. I love it. And you can pay it by PayPal or check or whatever. Great. So yeah. And then at the end of each day, we just send a text to each other and be like, we'd be like, <laughs> done it, did, did it, did it. And yeah. you know, 15 and 40 or 25 and 30 or, Oh, cool. You know, so we just sort of keep track. And it's really cool. We actually chatted a little bit, talked a little bit last week too to say, how's it going? But I just love it. It's so crazy that this motivates me hugely. Yeah. I, I know that meditating is good for me and I know that exercising is good for me beyond, there's just zero doubt. And yeah. yet it's so hard to do. And since we've made this agreement, I've done both every single day. Yeah. I want in. You want to be in this project? I want in. Yeah. Yeah, great. You pay twenty bucks to each per, to each of you. People. So I owe forty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the more the more people who are engaged, the more money you owe if you don't do it? Well, I mean, right. So you and I could set this up, and then if I mess up, then I'm paying forty bucks to two people. Jeez. Oh boy, it's motivating. It's very motivating. So I like it. I'm happy to do it with you. It's really, it's really funny and. And it's working. To me, this points to something interesting about 
I mean, the, right, the, the reality that knowing, knowing things and wanting to do them, you know that it's good for you. You want to do it. You are in touch with the benefits you get from it. You don't do it. Yep. Like, why not? And then as soon as somebody else is in, the, in the, is in the mix and you're like, oh, I'm accountable to somebody or this person's gonna know that I didn't do it or I have something to accomplish afterwards is highly motivating. Yes. And what is that? What's that about? Because it totally is. It's like, I, yeah, I think it's partly that we're our social animalness. Yeah, it's also like why sponsors work, right? In twelve steps, like right. having a sponsor, tell, telling somebody what your plan is, telling somebody when you feel like you're not going to stick to your plan. Yeah, telling somebody when you haven't stuck to your plan, telling somebody when you're back on it. You know, it's like the whole thing. I think it's also something. So there's an element of being seen and kind of like God is watching. You know. Uh, make your moral choices based on if everything you did was going to be on the front page of the newspaper, would you be okay with that? Mm -hmm. So there's that kind of aspect, the surveillance aspect to it. But I think there's also a service aspect to it. So it's like my being accountable helps court with his practice. Oh, right. So that I don't want to let him down. It's not just me. I'm letting down. It's somebody else I'm letting down. And because of that, I'm going to do it. So that I think there's there's something in that. But he doesn't lose if you don't do your thing. He still does his thing. And he actually wins if I don't do my thing. Yeah. So so is that because like I have experienced the same amount of like oh my of motivation. I remember once I like hit bottom with time management. Like I couldn't. I wasn't getting anything done. Yeah. I was. Uh, I was just, I was feeling totally overwhelmed and underwater in my life. I was like, there's too many tasks. I don't, I can't keep track of them. I don't know when they're going to get done. I haven't, because my life is this weird freelancy thing. It's like work is always and never that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't have an office. And so it's like, oh, wake up first thing in the morning. I could send an email and, or any time between these two activities, I could do some work. I mean, it's just like all the time, Yes. which is, which is really hard actually to have no sort of structure around that. And I used my mom as a sort of sponsor and I would call her in the morning and I would send her my to-do list and I would nice. tell her when I was gonna get these things done. So I was like, or, or at night, I would send her the thing for the next day. Like I would sit down every night and I'd be like, here's my, uh, here are the tasks I need to get done. They're written down on a to-do list. I'll send her a photograph of it and I'll say, and I'm gonna get the first half done. And I, my two chunks of getting stuff done time is between 10 and noon and then between one and two or whatever it was right. that fit in my specific day. And because every day was different, I had to do this every night. It's not like block off every afternoon for this because that's and not how my life works. So how did it work? Worked great. It worked great. And it wasn't, it, so it wasn't like, oh, well, if I don't do this, then my mother doesn't get her stuff. I'm not supporting her practice because it wasn't Mm -hmm. about her practice. She was willing to help me. But it was like, somebody will know if I haven't done this. And there's just something. And it's not like I feel, is it a tiny bit of shame? Is it like, is it that you you are? Oh, okay. I think there is for me. Yeah. My answer to that question would be a little bit, yeah. Yeah. There, um, something my therapist said, which I loved, was he was like, you know, this is when I started working with him. And it was like our first, maybe we were on the phone or maybe it was in our, one of our first meetings. He goes, listen, ther- t- talking, about, talking about stuff works. I, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. This is the thing I loved about him. I don't know why. I don't know how it works exactly. I'm not sure. But I know that it works. And there's something about having two people look at like 
putting your whatever it is, the thing you're working on, your life, your issues, your choices, your triumphs, your pain, whatever it is, your struggles in the field of attention of two people that shifts it. Mm. And there's something about two people being involved in that, having the Mm. attention of two people that changes it, that changes the way you relate to it, that changes what it Mm -hmm. looks and feels like. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I think that's why therapy works. But but I can't tell you how exactly. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if there's like, I don't know, that feels tangential or like adjacent to what we're talking about, which is get somebody else involved. And then there's... there's. I don't think it's tangential. It, yeah. It amplifies the power. Yeah. 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 And maybe there is this like positive bit of, it's not shame, but it's like, an, it's extra potent engagement with what you've done or haven't done because right. somebody else knows about it. It amplifies the intention. I, I think the times when I have officiated weddings, mm-hmm. that is one of the sentiments that I most talk about with the assembled group is to say, look, you all are part of this now. Yeah. The fact that you are here is amplifying this agreement. Yeah. And so now this wedding is getting supercharged. This marriage is getting supercharged with your juice as well as their juice. Because we're all part of it. And it, yeah, that's a, like this whole spiritual community thing. Like, it's like there's no hiding from it. There's no hiding from it. Like you're being called to engage with your intention over and over again. And you can't just forget because somebody is expecting it. There's yeah. a, somebody will reflect that back to you. It's like. I'm reminded of the passage from the Bible. I had to look this up. I tell you truly that if two of you on the earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Whoa. For where two or three gather together in my name, there am I with them. That's Jesus talking to his disciples. It's like two or more are gathered in my name. Shit gets done. He didn't say it that way, but... <laughs> but he could have. He could have. Yeah, he might, maybe he, he did have. say it that way. And right. then the authors of the Bible were like, we can't, can we print that? We He's can't like, print that. Yo, yo, shit get done. Shit get done. <laughs> That's cool. I yeah. love that. So there is, and that, and so yeah. Hence, church. <laughs> right. This we have just summed up all of church history <laughs> in one notion of you know two people got together and thought, hey, maybe if we did this together, this would amplify what we're doing. What do you think? Hence, Boom. Roman Catholic, Roman Catholicism, spread of Christianity throughout the world. It all comes from that one. Yeah. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. Okay, well, there's some some uh, downsides we'll have to consider as well then. <laughs> to everything. To right? everything, right, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so so we're talking about maybe there's some shame, maybe there's some service in it. Maybe it's just that, like somebody right. else knows. You can't hide, you can't right. hide away. But so, but so it makes you engage, it makes you engage, and so it makes you more intentional about whether you did or didn't. It makes you more aware. It might, makes you hold it higher up to the front. And it's easy for it to get buried under other stuff. Okay, so so there's a, this aspect where it lifts it to the forefront. Yeah. And then there's also this aspect where it it amplifies it. So it makes it bigger and like more visible and more powerful. There's another piece. Well, I don't know what the name is, I don't know what the word is, but when I was, the times when I've been in a relationship, I go to bed much earlier than I would otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh. Good, th- good things happen in bed. 
Well, I'm not even talking sexually, <laughs> but, but maybe. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, hey, that's part of the equation. But it's like, no, I want to be there with my person. Because she's also going to bed early? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, right? So it's like, and I also, I also, I want to be in the same rhythm. I want to wake up at the same time. And I also, it motivates me to be uh, more responsible about my sleep. So I'm more awake. During, it's just the whole motivation thing. Yeah. So I don't but know. But do you that, think if you, if you were dating a night owl? Who like didn't go to bed? I mean, it's like what oh, you're saying. Like, question. is there a judgment call there on like going to bed early is better and going to bed late is bad, or is it just like I sync up with my person? That's a good question. Because that feels like very subjective in terms of like what your rhythms are and what your like what how where where like right. if she's like I consistently go to bed at one a.m. Then like is that's, this about being with her? Or is it about doing things you feel best about? That's interesting. I don't think I've ever been in a relationship with a night owl. That's telling. I what does, just, it, what does it, it tell? Tells me I'm not a rock and roll star. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> tells me I'm not a theater professional. It's true. Because you people stay up late. We we people do. <laughs> we tend to. <laughs> we tend to. <laughs> Whenever I take an improv class or go to an improv show and like hang out with people afterwards, yeah, I'm always like. I really, really want to hang out with these people because they're so great. I'm like, oh my God, it's so late. It's so late. It's 10 p.m. And I'm like, like several times, I'll call my sister who has two young children. And uh, when I'm on my way, it's like after a show, I know she's probably going to bed and I'm like heading to somebody's house to hang out. And she's like, you're, you're what? <laughs> you're going out further? You're starting an activity at 1030 yeah. at night? And I was like, yeah, you know, we're just going to hang out for a while and whatever, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, if we're done by 1230, that, that's, that's a fine time because I'll be home and I'll go to sleep and then I'll get up at a, a reasonable time. But she's like, we have this hashtag, a tale of two sisters. Like yeah, nice. the, the very different, different paths that our lives are, are taking at the moment. Yes. Well, if you, it's going to be interesting to see how your life changes if slash when a baby comes. Totally. Totally. Because Dramatically, I suspect. Will you still be carousing and careening i can't imagine mm. but i could well i kind of can imagine that this baby will be like another round on every <laughs> another round for everybody <laughs> give me some more potato skins with a cheddar skin. <laughs> little kid dancing on the bar yeah we'll I see totally see it could I be totally totally see it we'll see who knows exciting a little redhead that's that's a fun vision uh, yeah I, that would be my dream i don't know that it'll happen we'll see this is a little off-topic question and feel free to parry it if you don't want to answer it all right but do you have any preference for boy or girl i have a vision oh maybe we, i was gonna say maybe we shouldn't say it in case the child comes back to listen to this episode someday but well it's not a preference but it's a vision it's like okay. if i had a i have a prediction mm. somehow and do you know how this prediction is happening? Like, why? Why, boy? Uh, I had a dream. The only time I've ever dreamt of having a child mm. has been a boy. Okay. Did he have a name? David in my dream. David. Okay. David Rowland. Did you know that I know somebody named David Rowland? Really? Yeah. Wow. When I worked at Northfield Mount Hermon, he was, this is going to be a little creepy. <laughs> Actually, he was a theater director for like 25 years. Really? Yeah. 
Is he alive? Yeah, he's oh. a great guy. Great. Really creative, really caring, insightful, just totally dedicated to the program. Great yeah. theater program. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. I realize, I realize it's possible if some of our listeners, well, it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter, but I'm realizing that some of our listeners may not have heard the episode in which I talked about becoming a mom. That's true. So yeah. Okay. Uh, give us a 30 second rundown. And if there were, so I'm planning on becoming a mom. <laughs> Ten, five second rundown. Well yeah, done. There it is. Uh, with a single mom by choice is the, yeah. is the way we talk about that. A single mom by choice, sort right. of like pursuing motherhood on my own. And, you know, I, yeah, ideally in the next year or so. Okay. So so now, you, so now you know. If you didn't listen to that episode, right, big news to drop on you in the middle of this one. But yeah. these things happen. Uh, I, you know, it's, yeah. Okay, so looping back around. Yeah. So I, I, the way I'm thinking of it is that we've been talking about accountability. I'm curious about how this shows up in improv and holding partners accountable. Like when you're in a troupe. Yeah. You have a shared intention of how you want to be. Yeah. And okay, so you want to listen to each other. You want to be bold, but spacious and leave space for each other, but also not hesitate and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And then of course, or I would think for me, if I'm in a group, I want people to be well rested when they come in or I want them to be on time, whatever the things that we're holding each other accountable to. But then actually holding them accountable is hard to do. Like I can't hold anybody accountable for being well rested. I can hold them accountable for the work they do in the room. Okay, but so how do you do that? Uh, if, in my mind, there, there's, uh, the times that I have said something are when I feel like something that happens in a moment, in a, in a, in a generally in a show or a, work, a workout, um, violates something or something happens and I find I can't let go of it and it's going to affect the way that I'm going to play with this person in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's not about policing people. It's not like, I'm going to hold you accountable for this. It's like, I want to make sure that our relationship stays good. Oh, I, like that. I want to make sure that I can, I can stay positive in playing with you. And when I find that I have either talked to two other people about what happened with this person, mm-hmm. right? Like if there was a moment that happened in a show and I'm like hanging onto it and it's a few days later and I find myself telling the story again to somebody. Yes. I'm like, oh. I got to talk to them. I got to work that one out. This is not okay. But it's not like, am I checking boxes about how I expect you to show up? But, but if something goes awry, if if something goes like falls outside of a zone where I feel like I can productively play with you, or if I feel like it affects my trust in you or in our partnership, I got to say something to you about it. I love that. Because it's like, there's so many, there's so much wiggle room. It's like in improv, there's so many moments where, uh, uh, rather, there's so many ways that a moment can go differently than I would want it to go. And in the show, the priority is the moment. The priority is like, you're mm. in the moment, you play the moment. Even if you're like, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. You know, unless it crosses some personal boundary of like right. comfort or personal safety, emotional or physical or whatever sure. it is. Like, you don't have to play that moment. <laughs> That's when the moment doesn't take priority and your own personal safety and well-being right. does. But the, but the moments that I have felt like I need to say something is when it's like, no, this wasn't just like a call I didn't understand. This is like, you're not doing what we do. What we agreed to, yeah. Yeah, or, or I know you didn't mean this, but this made me feel, right. I, I know I didn't mean for it to, to feel bad, but this is, how it, I, it, it, this is how it landed on me. Yeah. Or I feel like you're outside of the story. And so when I'm, I can't be vulnerable with you because I don't feel like you're there with me. This is reminding me of a really helpful 
feedback structure I learned with a woman named Amina Nolan, who teaches matrix leadership. Oh yeah, you've told me about her. her on the podcast at some point, but the, the basis for giving feedback and it's not critical, it's not positive or critical feedback, it's appreciative or um, what's the other word we use? Constructive. Might be constructive, but it's the notion is um, this has happened and I'm having this response. Mm-hmm. And I want to have a clear and clean and healthy connection with you. This That's is it. how what has happened has affected the connection. Yeah. And so it's it's a little bit of a sidestep or a meta move to say, I want the connection to be great. This is this, now the connection's changed. What can we do to make the connection strong again? Yeah. So it's not even really about the thing. It's about the connection. It's not about the behaviors as much as it is about, right? Um, yeah, energetic kind of. thrust is about maintaining the connection. Yes, and for me, that means I, I need you to know what it was that threatened the connection, Absolutely. and, and right. I need you to acknowledge that. Like, yeah. I think of it as like a, a flow of energy, like a river, and yeah. this blo- this uh, stone has been placed in the river, and so pssst, all this turbulence it, is now it's around it. the flow, and it's like we got to move, we got to yeah. move that. We got to get that stone out and just put it to the side of the bank. Yeah, exactly. So, so. Yeah. And that, that has, that has been like, that's my, my watermark for like, do I say something? And I consider it like a, a duty. Mm-hmm. I said duty. I, uh, I, I, do. I consider it a, a duty um, to, to say something. It's like, Oh, Lisa, like you don't get to complain about this if you, if you don't say anything. And like, and, and if you carry this into the next show, that's on you. Like you, you're holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's no, there's no option here. If you're talking about it, you got to bring it up. Yeah. It doesn't happen all the time because a lot of times it's like. Well, and I, I would assume also that there are a lot of things that you don't bring up, even though you've talked about them with other people. I mean, that's certainly true for me. Yeah. Yeah. It really is about this question of like, is this going to affect the way that I approach my next interaction with you? Right. Is this going to affect the way, like, and if I don't feel like I can be clear with you, or clean with you or, or show up in good faith, mm-hmm. sort of open and willing to be vulnerable with you because of something that happened. I need you to know what it is. And so that we can address it. And a lot of times all it takes is somebody being like, Oh my God, I see that. Yes. Yeah, I see that. And then you feel, then you feel heard you that know? loop is closed. Yeah. And I think, I think of myself as being pretty noble on this count. Like I do make that effort and I do try to hold myself to that standard. Totally. And you're also like able to do that in a really compassionate, kind, clear way. That's good to hear. When I do it, what I was going to say is that there are also times when I don't, I don't have the courage to do it. Yeah. And I, I know that there are times when I have let relationships peter out. Yeah. Because it's like, you know what? I, I don't know this person well enough, or it's not high enough well, on my priority list. To... But that's okay. I don't know if that's not having a courage. If that's not no. having courage, it's like is the ju- is the juice worth the squeeze on this? I think sometimes it's just it's a lack of courage, mm. you know. Because even if there's not a whole lot of juice in it, I'd rather it be clear. I'd rather just leave a trail of clarity behind me, as opposed to you know all these like little mini turbulences, right? Yeah, but. Yeah, it's something to aspire to anyway. Yeah. Okay, well, anything else you want to say about this topic? Do you, you want in? Yeah, I do. You want to, well, shall we do an experiment, like a two-week experiment? 
Yeah, it's hard because I'm traveling so much coming up, but maybe that's... I don't... Yeah. That's fine. 15 minute... I do. I want phys. I want exercise. That's the thing. I want. I want to. I'm like not a person who exercises right now. You could choose whatever you want. Yeah. Just make it something that you know is like. No, this is significant. Twenty yeah. minute. Twenty minutes of of uh, elevated heart rate. Twenty oh. minutes of twenty minutes of activity. Twenty minutes of elevated heart rate. That's okay. That's significant. That means a brisk walk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Texas, which also means a treadmill and an air conditioned gym. Okay. Uh, that's what I want. 20 minutes of, 20 minutes of, what's that? Could be dancing. Could be. Mm -hmm. Biking. Yeah. Every day. Oh, every day. God, that's a lot. Uh, What I agreed to with court was that I had the option for one day off a week. Cool. And, and it's like, you know, I don't know that I want to take a day off from the things that I'm saying to do, but I do want to be able to have, have my brain and my being be able to just be like, okay, we're just chilling. Yeah. Right. There's no, ob- there's zero obligation today. Yeah, so, yeah. I want to say five times a week. Okay. Five times. 20 minutes. Okay. Five times. I can do that. I could do, I could do that first thing in the morning. I could do that okay. even before work and stuff. All right. So then the, <laughs> the thing is you send a text at the end of the day. Yeah. To say yay or nay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's the, what's the obligation? If you don't do it. Oh boy. Okay, we're going to do a two-week trial. Yep. That means that if I don't, if I fail entirely, that's 200 bucks. No. Well, yeah, if you don't do, if you don't exercise once in that time. If I don't exercise once in that time, I owe you $200. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, two weeks. You're on. Oh, God accountability if i don't meditate and do movement 12 times in those two weeks then i owe you 240 dollars. i mean you don't need to double your you don't need to double your your debt it's fine i'm gonna i'm not gonna have any debt ah okay great yeah funny all i do is prepare to fail i'm like 200 bucks Mm, okay (laughs) this is 200 bucks going to ted man could be worse yeah well that was the other thing I, i forgot to mention that we had, he, court suggested that, you know, if we were struggling to actually get stuff done, that we could say, all right, the person has to donate the $20 to an organization that you hate. <gasps> oh, God, like the NRA? Exactly. Oh, God. Exactly. That's way worse. Yeah. So it's like, if you I'd don't. I'd much rather pay you. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, I probably owe him anyway for like editing our podcast all the time. Uh, yeah. If you don't do the, if you don't. <laughs> If you don't do it, you have to donate and you're in your own name. Oh, oh. Right. So, yeah. So it's like, okay. Uh, or some pro-life organization or, you know. Yeah. Or I should, let's just say anti-abortion. Anti-choice. Anti-choice. I call it anti-choice organization. Right. Yeah. There we go. That's the better. So anyway, so doesn't that ramp it up even? Oh further? God. Yes. Those stakes are definitely higher. That's right. That's right. So that whatever. yeah and that's more than just like oh there's a witness to this that's like you're gonna have to do something you abhor right I mean, that's punishment it is well yeah it's powerful but it's also really motivating like there's no way i want to be any part of giving money to that organization yeah there have been a couple times in this since i started doing this with court where it's been like 10 30 at night i know well I, I was chatting with you the other night and i was like what's it was 10 30 you're like i'm about to take a walk i was like i'm about to take a walk it's 10 30 at night 
I had to get out and do my 20 minutes. You got to get in there. Yeah. And it was nice. Nice to walk around Daly City at night. Yeah. Like all foggy. And I feel like I'm in a government experiment. 1860s London, except without the people and the, the culture. <laughs> There's very little except fog that Daly City shares with 1860s London. It's yeah. like all of the small square pastel colored houses. Yeah. Yeah. It's no very co- London. No cobblestone streets. Yeah. No soot, no brick. No horses, no accents, right? No demon barbers. <laughs> no, no toothless people selling bread <laughs> on corners. <laughs> Something like that. Well, in any case, it's fog. <laughs> at 10.30. It's quite lovely. And yeah, I'm surprised at how often I see people out there, like, not a I lot. I would feel safe walking alone, like walking alone, walking in the city. Mm. Things happen mm-hmm. in the city at night mm-hmm. more than they happen in Daly City at night. That's true, especially this section of Daly City. There are parts of Daly City I might feel a little more uncomfortable with, but it's yeah, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll have to do it in the morning then. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to try it. We're going to try. Boom. But can we start off with me not having to owe money to the NRA and instead just giving oh, it to no, you? Oh, no, no. That's, that's only if it's not working. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. No NRA. I'll check in in two weeks and see how that works. Okay. That sounds great. So how do you... So is there anything on uh, sort of directly from the mindfulness world that you can see a connection between what we're talking about, accountability and yeah. mindfulness? Like, where does that show uh, up? So I, me- I think I mentioned it like, very briefly in passing there, but this notion of community is so hugely important. It's important enough that it's one of the three jewels of Buddhism. Right? So in three Buddhism, they, jewels. they say there's the Buddha, who's the teacher. Is he a jewel? Yes. One jewel? Yeah. Okay. I like the three <laughs> jewels. Yeah. And then there's the teaching, the teacher and the teaching. And so uh, the, like the stuff, the curriculum. The, the Dharma. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, what does a teacher have to say, right? And then the third jewel is the community, the, community, the Sangha. And it's that important. It's as important as the Buddha was, as important as the teaching is, that you have other people that you're doing it with because it holds you accountable, like we've been talking. It holds you accountable. It trims your excesses and sort of files off your, um, your troubles and it also provides support. So when I was teaching religious studies and I was doing world religions, we used to have this great video that we showed called Becoming the Buddha in L.A. And it was just a documentary about Buddhism in L.A., in LA which is the most diverse Buddhist city in the world. I had no clue, but there's apparently dozens of different sects and types of Buddhism down there. Wow. As part of the video, they interviewed all sorts of luminaries in the field, including Thich Nhat Hanh and Joseph Goldstein and teachers of mindfulness and Buddhism in the West. They also... <coughs> talk to this guy named Jakusho Kwong, who's a monk who runs a a monastery or a retreat center up in Sonoma. And he gave this great image that totally stuck with me. He said that he was on retreat with his teacher, and he and his wife were washing potatoes to prepare for the meal. And so they take the potato and they grab one and they scrub it and work really hard and work really hard and then put it to the side and they'd get another one that and his teacher came over and said, no, 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 no. And he like, took all the potatoes and he put them into a big pot of water together. 
and he took the thing and he like swished it left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Mm. And all the potatoes rubbed against each other and scrubbed themselves clean. Oh. And so it was the interaction and the the being together, the accountability and the support that like gets these things clean. Gets the job done. Yeah. And when he told this story, I just, he's so delightful that um, he's so happy and, and engaging that it's like, oh, that's it. I get it. So for me, that's the benefit of community and Sangha. Yeah. I love that. It's such a rich image. I love that. And it's also like, uh, it, it just strikes me that, right, I generally feel like life is better with sort of like in the mix with other people. I like that. I like city living. I like hearing people around. I like being sort of like in it, in it with, with people. But, but, the, but there's an element of purpose in that that says that we come together under a purpose. Right. Right. The, that in that case, it was getting clean right like in that case, the, the purpose of all the potatoes being together was it, it, it gets this thing done together right. my, i guess my thought is the the benefit of having all of these people come together is that we all have we all have a, a focus that, that we share we all yes. share the way we want to be together we have articulated that way that we want to be together or what we're here in support of yeah. shared intention shared purpose yeah that's so lovely and it and and i think it and i think improv i mean improv is at its core collaborative of course so it's like you got to you basically got to do it with other people and that and that right to our earlier conversation about when do you hold somebody accountable or give somebody a note or when do you bring something up with somebody is when it seems like some something in our interaction has fallen outside of that way that we have professed that we are going to be together like outside of that purpose of our gathering yeah that's lovely each scene is an opportunity to rub up against each other and get a little little scrubbing going on. You know? Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. It's yeah. 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 So yeah, so that's one of my favorite images. And and it just totally makes sense to me. And I suppose it doesn't have to be about accountability. It could be about play or support or just hanging out with other people. But like you said, there's something something about being together with other folks that makes it easier or more fun or more purposeful in the way that we live. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well it can, if yeah. you have a purpose. <laughs> and if you're, if you're shared in that, if you're aligned in that purpose. Yeah. I mean, like being with other people in my mind is just more fun, but, but the, but the idea of like something happening when you're with other people, I think there is some element of like, uh, being, being, what's the word being deliberate about what container you're hanging out in, right? Like what is the, like the pot, right? What's, what's the pot and who, who's in it and why, you right. know? So like my, my buddy Sasha runs trail mavens, which I think I've mentioned a couple of times. This is an outdoor, outdoor adventures for urban women. It's all about teaching women wilderness survival skills, how to pitch a tent, how to do, how to use a, a camp stove, how to backpack, how to pack a backpack, how to choose a camping site, how to get permits, the whole thing for the purpose of, getting women empowering women to enjoy the outdoors more partly because she said really magical things happen when women gather outdoors and so there is there are certain choices that she makes for the purpose of facilitating those connections happening yeah and she puts them in place so that that kind of connection can can mm -hmm. can take place anyway there's something in there seems, yeah. it seems resonant conscious community i love it yeah. conscious community yeah that's lovely perfect
So that's one way I see mindfulness being applicable. Yeah. This whole notion of Sangha and, and well, Sangha that means, like Buddhism. That feels like Buddhism is applicable. It applies to Buddhism. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which is great. I'm pro Buddhism. <laughs> pro Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> They're very related to me. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people don't. A lot of people excise mindfulness from Buddhism because they're really invested in making it a, a secular thing. Yeah. You don't have to be religious to do it. And there's a counter movement to say, hey, this needs to be, this practice needs to be integrated within an ethical system. Yeah. And I've kind of been more coming back around to that point of view lately. So I think that I, I bridge them. That feels sort of like that feels sort of like what's happening in the yoga community. People have have extracted yoga for fitness, mm -hmm. and then there's this there, but there is this community or thought or whatever that's like it's not. You can't just take the physical part of yoga. That's not what yoga is. Mm -hmm. Yoga is an integrated system of embodiment of sort of spirituality of morality like there's there is there's a there's a whole thing that goes along with yoga and taking the taking the physical part out to to own your core or whatever right. it's like right. oh that's not what it is it's sort of like uh, yeah yeah and and most of those people would also say that community is a big part of that thing that's getting lost yeah like you're, we're not meant to practice solo all the yeah. time. Yeah. And our culture is so individualistic. That's like, we each have our yoga mat at home and do our reps and whatever. So in any case. Cool. Yeah. So maybe that's a good place to pull it together, wrap it up. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Put a bow on it. So, all right. Well, you're off to travel some more. I'm off. Dallas. I go to Dallas tomorrow. Excellent. Well, I hope that your travels are smooth and easy. Thank and, you very uh, much. And then we'll uh, we're going to find our time to continue the expected conversation we were going to have when we started this podcast at another time, and uh, we'll right. go from there. Cool. Okay. Till the next time. Bye bye. interesting episode that was was it interesting i found it fascinating <laughs> well what seemed particularly interesting to you i mean i also was interested in it but i wonder what uh why it makes you say that well first off i love that we didn't know what we we're going to do you just asked me about this thing that i'm doing with a buddy of mine and so like out of the the mundane routine things that we kind of do in our lives came this whole conversation and i think the notion of accountability and improv and mindfulness is really cool. Yeah. And I, I loved, I loved playing with that, thinking about that. Why, how, why does that make us behave better or yeah. achieve our inspirations or aspirations in yeah. a direct way? So the, the whole thing surprised me. I mean, that, that we were even having the conversation at all, we weren't expecting to have. So I loved it. I felt surprised and energized by the whole thing. Cool. Yeah. There's something that that is like coming up to me for me now about it, which is this idea that there's something risky that you in getting an accountability buddy, there is something that like inherently risky in it in a way, and that number one or vulnerable. There's something okay. vulnerable about it because 
you are asking for help and you are risking somebody else seeing you fail mm. in a particular way. We didn't talk about that in the episode, but there's something interesting about that. The guts that it takes to share your goal and your aspiration with somebody, what you're working on and what you're trying for. And then because it means they'll see if I don't do this. You right, you might be letting them down, yeah. You know, shame makes you want to hide. Like, failure makes you want to hide. Like, go hide it away. Oh my God, then everybody will know. You know, this is dramatic language, but like, I can't hide this failure from you because you know what I was shooting for and your job is to check in and see if I've done it and I haven't and now you know that. I see. And that that's vulnerable. Cool. Yeah, so Once that's again. what I am, yeah. I am newly noticing about that conversation. We often get to paradox. We often get to vulnerability in these episodes we do. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we've come home. I like that. Do you have anything before we send our people off that you want to plug? That you want to let people know about? The things that I have coming up are, I've got some shows going on, both with Improv Playhouse of San Francisco and Bats Improv, for those of you who are local. In November, I'm directing The Gather again, which is my combo storytelling improv, where there'll be storytellers in the improv. But before that, in October, I'm going to Vancouver for the International Theatre Sports Institute Conference. And I am to direct and teach the Bechtel test. So I'm teaching Lovely. a workshop and I'm also directing a, a collected international cast of like all-star improvisers in this format. And I cannot wait. So if any of you out there are in Vancouver or nearby, come check it out. It's the week is the October 14 to 20. If you Google ITI conference, it's, it's hosted by the Vancouver Theater Sports. That's my deal. I'm so stoked. If I weren't teaching that week, I would totally be going because I want to do the Bechdel test again. I just took your class in yeah. San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. We had an awesome time and the shows were great. And if people go to Vancouver, take this class with Lisa. Oh God, it's going to be so fun. So cool. Right on. Well, I've got a, I've got a couple, I've got a workshop and then some classes. I'm trying a, a new workshop that I'm calling Mindful Parent Rockin' Family. <laughs> it's like the five secrets to having a happy, healthy home kind of thing. And it's a little, just a little intro to playful mindfulness. And that's going to be Tuesday, September 10th. And I'm doing it during the daytime in Woodside. So if anybody's local wants to do that, come on over. And then that will lead into an intro to playful mindfulness class that will happen on Tuesdays during the day. Awesome. First time I'm trying during the day for like entrepreneurs or parents who want to be free to hang with their kids or with their spouses at night. Yeah, great. Try it out. And then this is a big one for me. I'm going to Hawaii for the first time to do a Playful Mindfulness weekend. And that's going to be in November, November 8th to the 10th. Oh my gosh. Maui. And open enrollment. Anybody can sign up for that. Anybody can sign up. We don't have the signups up yet, but stay tuned. I'll be telling you more about that. Okay. And then also I'm going to do an improvisation and spirituality workshop a retreat in Healdsburg, California in March. So those are yet to come. Just stay down the line. So we're just wetting the appetite. Wetting the appetite. God, you're everywhere. It's exciting. I'm, I'm trying to get out there, trying to spread the word. And yeah. I you know, want to get this message out. We got things to share. So cool. So yeah, right on. Monster baby on the loose. Yeah, man. Unleash the monster baby. Unleash the beast. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to let you go. Yeah. We're going to go now. And we'll see you, we'll see you on the ne- for the next one. Here's hoping you find a way to keep yourselves and other people around you accountable with love and cheer and make those $20 donations to whatever organization you want. Yeah, if you, if you want. <laughs> All right. We'll hear you, see you and hear you the next time. Bye-bye.